African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. You with me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on our shortwave frequency 19625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. We're also on DSTV on Channel 802. Don't forget our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Today we're going to be looking at the philosophy of uh, towing the line within the African National Congress's structure. Last month, the African National Congress's national chairperson and the speaker of the South Africa's National Legislature, Baleka Mbete, uh, said that NNC MPs will tow the party line. This was weeks before uh, the upcoming debate of the no vote of no confidence in the country's president, Jacob Zuma, and uh, this is said to be taking place on the 8th of August. Baleka highlighted that uh, this in the midst of other ANC MPs, one that is standing out right now in South Africa is Dr. Makosi Koza who's calling for a secret ballot while recently asked finance minister and also MP uh, Pravin Gordon publicly called for the removal of Zuma. However, recently members of the ANC's NEC have threatened that MPs who vote against the president will be disciplined. So what is this uh, ANC towing the line philosophy? Is it something that's historical? Is it something that is actually something that comes from the culture of the ANC or is there something in it? And uh, to Join us on this discussion. We've got uh, uh, Mr. Levindor on the line. He's a lecturer of political science at the Twana University of Technology. Also, we've got Dr. Tabi Sehuani, who is the uh, head of department uh, at uh, the University of South Africa in the political science department. And in studio, I've got uh, Isaac Homo, our journalist chair uh, in, 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 in our studios here in Channel Africa. But let me start the conversation with you, uh, Dr. Tabi Sehuani, in terms of uh, looking at the current uh, climate within the ANC, there's a lot of kind of factionalism in terms of different views when it comes to the leadership of uh, uh, Jacob Zuma. And there has been this description of towing the line, the party line, as they describe it. Uh, what do you actually see in this regard in terms of uh, uh, the allowance of differing views and uh, uh, robust conversations within the ANC? Thank you. Uh, I think the starting point here is to actually look at the ideal and the reality of the situation. Mm. Quite clearly, the ideal, people are talking about MPs exercising their consciences and so on. I would take that to be the ideal, and for some people it is right, and nobody can argue with it. But the reality on the ground is that South African politics are dominated by political parties. Actually, those MPs are in Parliament because of the ANC. And the expectation is generally that you are put there not because you are an individual, somebody. Mm -hmm. You are there to represent the views and the aspirations of the ANC. 
And from that perspective, then it is quite clear that given the context of politics in this country, actually what is happening in the ANC is actually not something which is, you know, untoward to that extent. And indeed, it should be looked at something which is way and above the ANC. This exists in all political parties at different levels. South African politicians are actually not owing their positions to anything, not the voters, but to the parties. That is why these parties are so strong in saying that you cannot have your own views, you cannot start claiming a conscience, you must follow the party line. In that being said, let me bring that to you, Mr. Levindo. Do you agree with that sentiment made in a democratic space where different views actually come out from even the political organizations and even mainstream structural independent organizations? Isn't that the nature of uh, democracy, the fact that it actually does have differing views? We might come from the same organization, but we might differ on a certain particular point, not serving one ideal, even within the context of an organization. Well, good morning and good morning to the listeners and my colleagues on the panel. I think one, uh, one other important aspect that one has to raise is to look at our electoral system in South Africa and how different political parties are actually arranged and organized. You'll then realize that in South Africa, for people to to become members of parliament, they have to be uh, seconded by their political parties. Mm. Even though in South Africa, independents are also allowed to contest. Uh, But fortunately, now we don't have people that are in parliament as independents. Now, that is why also in parliament, you would hear people talking about a party caucus, meaning that different political parties will still go sit down and agree on certain positions that are supposed to be taken or the line that they're supposed to tour if one is to use the political language that they use. And then also, um, with the people out there, there is a view that when members of parliament are in parliament, they become the voice of the people. And what they do would actually be uh, to represent the entire society in general and which seek to suggest that they then don't have to follow their party line. And that is actually something which is quite incorrect. Because in South, the way in which South African politics are arranged, individual members sit in parliament and what they do is to toe the party line and actually do what has actually been agreed upon at a political party level. Mm. One other aspect that is very, very important that we need to consider is that when an individual joins a party, uh, mainly a political party or any other organization, there are certain rights that those individuals surrender them to those political parties. And that is why you'd hear of a constitution of a political party, you'd hear of a code of conduct. Mm. meaning that there's a certain way in which members are supposed to conduct themselves, which is not supposed to be contradictory to what has been agreed upon at a political party level. So that is one other area that we need to look at very, very closely. Now, when you see members of parliament in parliament debating or arguing on certain issues, 
they actually do that on behalf of their parties because what would then come first mm, mm. would be the party that actually send them to parliament. Mm. Let me bring it to you, uh, uh, Mr. Khomu, here in our studio. And Dr. Khomu, your thoughts, uh, do you agree with our other two panels? No, no, those are experts. You know, they've said, they've said the right thing. It's just what it is. But just to uh, reiterate what they said, basically when you go and vote for the parliamentary thing, you vote for, a, for the party. You don't vote for the individual. And once the, the party gets its vote, that's when they actually deploy a person into parliament. Now, this thing about turning the line <coughs> in parliament, I mean, uh, it's a very mischievous statement, you know, turning the line. Because basically, the MPs in, the, in parliament, they've been put there by the party to actually sort of push party policies through. Mm. Now, if an MP is not happy with uh, issues which sort of uh, within his party, that is not the forum. Mm. The forum is within the party, and that's where the last speaker talked about the code and conduct, and we can actually see uh, is there enough internal democracy within the parties. Mm. Yeah? But then the NC can come around and say they do have a process, they do have a modus operandi within the party. Mm. Uh, just like the way that they actually recalled uh, President Tabumbeki. Mm. So it means that the, 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 the democracy is there. But again, you can even go deeper. I mm. think what we have got to do to talk about this program is be very relevant. If we talk about the workings of the party, mm. is there enough democracy? Mm. Yeah, but as far as at parliament level, I mean to say that the ANC is, uh, is, 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 is got its right. They can mm. even recall a person whom they see is not representing them. It's mm. just, okay, you're not doing your job that you're supposed to do, we recall mm. you and you replace you by somebody else. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue that and maybe go into some of those areas of the democratic processes within the ANC. Are they actually weighty enough to actually ensure that there is the openness that is required in such a robust organization such as the African National Congress? What are your thoughts? Give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. Is it a norm for the ANC to impose its members uh, to uh, tow the party line. Give us your thoughts. It'll be great hearing from you on our Twitter handle. It's 17 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. We'll continue the conversation with our guests after this. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on the shortwave service, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Uh, that's our shortwave services to our friends on the African continent. Remember, if you're listening to us in South Africa or the neighboring countries in South Africa who can access our DSTV channel, we're on DSTV audio channel, channel 802. Outside the continent, you can listen to us on our shortwave service, even as well. Our, our, you 
can also listen to us on our internet service. Our internet service is on www.channelafrica.co.za. Thank you for joining me today. We're speaking about the issue of uh, democratization within the African National Con- uh, Congress. There's a lot of conversations happening around there, especially when it comes to the debate that is going to happen on the 8th of August. Uh, I know that it's a big moment for uh, this idea of the vote of no confidence. That's been something that's been coming in and out in the last two years within the Parliament of South Africa. But I want to come back to some of the issues and let me start the conversation this time with you, uh, Mr. Isaac Holm, in terms of what you highlighted. I mean, from time immemorial, I mean, the ANC had its members not only toying the party line, but in some cases disregarding the directives of its leaders. It's a historical fact. It's not necessarily that, uh, you know, it's been just a norm for everyone within the African National Congress to actually agree with the the systems or even their policies. An example is the muted expulsion of uh, Chris Hani and six other members of the MK when they produced a memorandum which constituted a devastated attack on the ANC's exile leadership. We know this actually created a lot of divisions within the Morogoro conference in Tanzania where they were pardoned. Now, tell us a little bit about this historical kind of robustness within the ANC. Does the ANC have an openness in terms of uh, opposing views well uh, first of all let me disagree with you chris honey was never threatened to expulsion chris honey was asked to write a section about uh, the army and the operation the one key and the spirit what you call it uh, thing there and chris honey actually was very critical of the whole thing but he was never threatened with expulsion well, or tambo said it, they were not happy with it but because the thing was given to or tambo or tambo read it he was not happy with it but he took it forward but then you find that um, within the NC, there's certain people who are allowed to say things and who are allowed, you know, they were the blue-eyed boys of the ANC. But you see that Chris Honey was talking about uh, debacle which took place in, uh, that's the thing people do not know, in, uh, in the Wanki operations. Mm. But the survivors of the Wanki, when they came back from being beaten up and killed, yeah, when they came to Zambia, they started complaining about certain things with the operation. The first thing that happened to them, those guys were, boo- were, were moved. They were beaten up and threatened to be killed. Now I'm telling you this because I've talked to people who actually survived that. When they got to, 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 to Tanzania, they complained again. Eventually those people were kicked out of the ANC. Yeah, Chris Honey, basically what he wrote, he did not write much. Yeah, but these survivors, you know, they went at Muhapi, Boskaki, yeah. These were people who actually went out of, uh, I don't know, 100, only about 30 of them survived. But their voices were not heard. So basically, we've got to look at the NC with its way that it did. You look at it in phases. Yeah? You look at it in phase when the uh, liberation organization, where with the dictates of the liberation organization, there was not much room for op- other opinions. We can look at the group of eight. Yeah, the Makiwani brothers and old men, Ndate... Uh, uh, okay, I remember. Yeah. They came with a thing that was saying that the ANC has been too dominated by the SACP and former members of the Indian Congress. They got kicked out, yeah, out of the ANC. Yeah. So those are the things which actually took place, yeah, yeah. They got kicked out of the ANC. But I'm proud to say that uh, some of the, the group which was actually kicked out of Morogoro, the fighters, I was with them in Cardiff, 
and in Cardiff as students, we were organizing uh, the, the NUS, National Union of Students. And in the NUS, we actually sort of established the African Association. And we actually sort of gig, were giving support for the liberation organization. And in that process, we used to invite Buntate, uh, the secretary general of the, of the party yeah, at that time. And with that, we actually got, we had the former fighters. We got them yeah. together with the ANC, and the ANC actually took them back, the people whom they expelled in Morogoro. Yeah? But the, you've got to understand how the ANC operates. You know, those are the different phases. Yeah. Yes. Even from the start, you find that uh, they differed in views of the Land Act. Yes. Yeah. You find that Tango, he had his other views where he agreed with what uh, the 23 in 1913, with what was put on the table, where the rest, yes. the pledges, they disagreed. Yes. But uh, uh, Tango was never kicked, I'm sorry, Jabab was never kicked out. Yes. So there are phases of yes. the ANC. And so within each phase, you should see how the democracy operates. Mm. Uh, Dr. Hoane, your thoughts around that uh, democratic history of the ANC, it seems to uh, what uh, Mr. Isaac Holm is highlighting, there is not much of uh, a real allowance of dissent within uh, the ANC. Uh, I wouldn't put in, in, that, in that manner that mm. there is no allowance for dissent within the ANC. I think what, what must be underlined here is that uh, different liberation movements, different political parties have their own way of dealing with issues. And here it's not about a very judgment of what is happening now, whether these people who want to vote against the ANC are right or wrong. But the fact of the matter is that the way the ANC has always operated is that ANC members are given the latitude within the structures of the ANC to debate issues and a consensus is reached. And it has always been the movement's view that once we have agreed on a position here, whether you agree with it or not, you cannot then go out there and publicly repudiate that kind of situation, the decision that we have reached. And this is not peculiar to the ANC or even to South Africa. Even in Britain, in many other countries it happens. The only difference, for example, you can think about the United States. It is quite clear that there were many people who didn't want Donald Trump who were in the leadership of, of, the, of the Republican Party. But you see, in that country, the party is actually a non-entity in the sense, if we can stretch it far, because... It is not the party which blesses you in terms of giving you permission to contest its positions. But it is the other way around with our system. You cannot just go there and say you want to represent the ANC. You don't have your own budget. They don't even have these constituencies. Mm -hmm. The party is actually the one which is the structure which is out there. MPs in Parliament, South African MPs actually do not represent actual people. They represent their parties. They don't have constituencies. Mm -hmm. They actually are there because of the logis of the party. And once you are a member of such a party, the issue is, do you agree that you are going to operate like that or you don't? If you don't, then quite clearly that is a fundamental principle of the party. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to disagree with a party on its fundamental, you know, way it thinks, then there comes a problem. Mm. Dr. Levindo, let me bring you in. 
Yeah, indeed. Um, I think it's, it's, it's quite important to note that um, in South Africa, what is primary in terms of representation would always remain the political party that, uh, uh, that took you to parliament. And that is why, you know, um, uh, it's important to say those people that are in parliament or members of parliament, they actually, as, as I would love to add on, on what my colleague was saying, they actually represent themselves. Uh, they represent the party and they don't represent themselves. And that is why we say the rest, there they should be a way in which they tow the party line. And that is why on numerous occasions, members of parliament from different political parties would sit down, develop a strategy or a position which they are going to adopt in, in the House. And that is exactly what happens. Now, this does not only happen to the ANC, it happens with all the other political parties. If a member of a political party goes inside parliament and then do things that are against or which has not been agreed upon mm. for in, the politi- in his or her own political party, that person is actually uh, contravening the basics, the basic principles of a, a, a political party representation mm. in parliament, and that is how uh, we actually expect members of parliament to behave. Well, I'm already looking at some of the television uh, scenes here on the SABC. I just saw uh, uh, the a image of Makosi Akosa, who is also an MP, who's been very robust about uh, the issue of the secret balling, saying that it's very important due to the fact that uh, they have received death threats within the setup of the ANC. She's, she's accused uh, uh, the fact that she is also have has been threatened and her life has been put on uh, that particular uh, vulnerable space. That's her allegation, uh, um, uh, Mr. Levindo. So isn't that, that the, the, the reason why some people would go out of, of party structures because of what they perceive as corruption and also threats within the political system of their parties? I think what is very, very important to note is that uh, uh, individuals must first sit down and say, what brought me to Parliament. And what brought this person to Parliament is the political party. And if this person feels that there is at this stage, then I cannot tow the party political line, the best thing for those, uh, for those people to do is to resign. Maybe what we must do also, let's take us back to what happened a few years ago. There was a legislation in South Africa which was called the floor-crossing legislation. And that one allowed members from different political parties to move from their political parties and join another political party and not lose a seat in parliament. And unfortunately, that is not in existence anymore. Now, it means if one has to to toe the, the, the position of the opposition, Obviously, this person must first resign from a, mm. a, a seat in, in his party, mm, mm. and then obviously somebody will have to come in who is going to toe the party line. It is not about whether the decisions taken are correct or not. It is about what brought an individual to parliament, and obviously this person has to toe the party political line. So is the idea, Isaac, the fact of um, uh, this um, people voting according to their personal conscience an illusion in this conversation? 
Well, it's an illusion, basically. Um, because, I mean, to say that you go to Britain, you've got uh, party whips who are actually sort of going to lay the line for what uh, the parliamentary party is going to take, yeah, and also the DA. In fact, at one time, they actually told their people that they're going to vote in a certain way, yeah. So basically, when it comes to parliamentary politics or parliamentary issues, yeah, as uh, the learned uh, speakers all said, is that the mere fact that you are put there by the party or your first allegiance to the party. But then like, coming back to this issue about uh, the secret ballot, you know, basically there is room for people who want to actually sort of uh, call for a secret ballot, and that does not come from a democratic issue. There's one very important thing that people tend to forget, is this that in the vote of actually sort of um, installing a president, that president has got to be voted for in parliament. But now you find that the ruling party and the speakers, they actually conduct that election as a secret ballot. Now, if imposing or uh, putting on a president has got to be through a secret ballot, why should the divorce not be through a secret ballot also? Now, that you find that there is some element of selfish opportunism. You know, the secret ballot in putting on a president is there to come and sabotage, you know, the, 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 the integrity of uh, voting integrity, sorry, not the voting integrity of the opposition. Yeah, same thing like the flow crossing. When the flow crossing took place and, Lee, and uh, Zili walked out of the PAC, Ndete um, Mutsukupeku protested about the way that this whole thing is. It was unconstitutional. But people laughed at him, you know, and they continued with it. But when it came to a point that where the NC was in a position of losing seats, now you find that selfish opportunism coming in that they got rid of that thing there. Yeah, so basically, just for the sake of uh, balance, people could argue, not since I'm arguing, they could argue saying that, no, this thing here, we put him in through a secret ballot. Mm. When you want to go to get him out, let's get him out through a secret ballot. Now, those are things that people could argue. I think the... The Isn't that an illustration of the, the, the conscience itself, the personal I don't know. Those are, those, mm. are, those, are, those are things that could be argued in court. And mm. I think the mm. EFF mm. said they're going to go to court. Sure. And that would be, I think, basically that would be the line of, of argument. Mm. They said this man was put on through a secret ballot. Mm. Yeah, so we also want to remove the, the modus operandi of putting him in should actually operate in order to take him out. That's the only argument that the opposition has mm. to, get, to allow a, 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 a secret ballot. So also, are we saying that uh, the idea of, let me come to you, Dr. Huane, the fact that the idea of a position within political structures can only take place in the space of the the political uh, party itself. I'm asking this because... In the space where in, in, in South Africa there have been allegations of corruptions that have connected the president of the country, uh, Jacob Zuma, there have been issues of uh, uh, really limiting powers within the NEC's structure. Also, a factionism is something that has been alluded to when it comes to the African National Congress. So I don't know, in that kind of mess that has been kind of been spoken about uh, through mainstream media, that idea that we are going to actually oppose our party within structures where already there's so many factors that actually factor against me as an individual who's opposing some of the uh, the operations happening within the ANC. Doctor, your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't hear part of your the first statement you made because there was an echo there. 
But I think what what is missed in this debate is that South African political parties almost operate on the same kind of basis. You know, it it amazes me how people actually think that matters of factionalism are somehow natural to the ANC. Almost every major political party in this country has got factions, okay? And I think that should be taken into account. And in this regard, I want to tie this issue because we we are actually missing a point here in the sense that we tend to over-exaggerate this thing as if there is something undemocratic as it has been put, Mm. which is happening within the ANC. Mm. Even political parties which actually allow this conscience voting, for example, Mm. the Mm. DA itself, the DA itself has got that notion of conscience voting. Mm. But before, before any MP of the DA can go out there and vote against the party, that has got to be decided by the caucus. Mm. The caucus gives them the right to say, yes, today now we can vote as our conscience is. They just don't go out there and start saying, no, I'm voting against the DA. Mm. Indeed, within the ANC itself, I don't see where this thing comes from that the ANC is trying now to be undemocratic and trying to muzzle mm. people's voices. Mm. For example, people forget very fast when the issue about abortion rights was being debated, the very same ANC sat down and said, this is a very, very touchy issue, and we'll have to think about allowing people our consciences to, to vote. They were allowed to mm. do that. Mm. But under certain circumstances, the party then comes up and says, no, but here we are not going to allow any kind of conscience. But the ANC has done so in the mm, past. Mm, and mm. these other political parties also do so under certain conditions. You cannot vote as an MP of the DA, for example, against the party without the express, mm. you know, agreement by the caucus of the DA. Mm. Otherwise, you'll be disciplined. Mm. Mr. Levindo, your thoughts? Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, party, as I've indicated, the party would always uh, uh, occupy the primary space. Sure. And that is why it's very, very important for all of us to have an understanding on how then does Parliament supposed to be constituted. That is why in South Africa you see uh, uh, different political parties going out on a vigorous campaign Mm. to say, we want you to have the following people or we want you to put this party in government so that it runs for government. And that is why also you have got a political party list mm. wherein members are, uh, uh, names are actually written down to say these are the people that are going to parliament to represent our party. And obviously, it cannot be a normal political situation wherein uh, uh, members of parliament from a certain political party will just go to parliament and exercise uh, 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 their own personal uh, uh, views or vote based on their conscience or otherwise. Mm. Because otherwise it's actually going to defeat the whole purpose of political party representation 
in Parliament. Well, I'm going to take a break and then we're going to come back and wrap it up with our guests. If you're just joining us, we've got uh, uh, Mr. Levin Do, who's the lecturer of political science at the Tswane University of Technology, as well as Dr. Tabisi Huane, who is uh, the head of department in political science at uh, the University of South Africa. We also have our journalist, a senior journalist in Channel Africa, Isaac Hom. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap it up. And I'd like to look at the issue of there's some who've come out opposing uh, the idea of uh, not removing President Jacob Zuma from his seat. And there's been those who are saying that uh, uh, they're coming out uh, in the interest of uh, uh, the public. That's why they'd like to see the removal of uh, Jacob Zuma. So maybe I'd like to wrap it up with the issue of uh, uh, public interest versus uh, towing the party line. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de soleil. Kia Makande Mvalelwa Kina Miriam Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Zochitika Mu África! Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Where we've got five minutes left, so we don't have enough time. So I'd love for all of us to be brief in our answers and our views. Uh, I want to look at that uh, that idea of uh, the Province Gordons have come out saying that they're doing it in the public interest in Tatahomo uh, and uh, that versus uh, the, their party allegiance. Uh, your thoughts around those dynamics that have come through in this uh, conversation? Anybody who's got something against uh, the presence of, of uh, I'm talking about people within the NC, against the presence of uh, President De- uh, Jacob Zuma, should actually take that battle to the NC structures and to the NC. Yeah, you cannot take it out to the public and you cannot take it out to Parliament. So they're out of order. I mean, to say that uh, with the democracy and not only democracy, the working models operandi of the party and the democracy of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you 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 go to parliament by being put there. Mm. Now, if you're not happy, let the thing be solved democratically within the organization. Mm. Yeah, don't call other people out. You know. mm. I think that's what it is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NC people should solve that problem of David, of, of Jacob Zuma as they mm. did with Tabombeki mm. within the NC structures, mm. and that is it. Uh, Mr. Levindo, your thoughts? I'm sure you agree with that, Homo. But the idea of pu- public uh, interest has been one that is dominating the space. Uh, what are your insights on, on, on that, the idea of the public interest notion? Mr. Levindo, are you there? I think we've lost someone on that line. Okay, let's see if Dr. Tabisi Iwane is there. Let me get your sentiments on that issue of public interest, Doctor. 
well, I think we've lost both of our guests there. But uh, let me wrap it up with you in terms of moving things forward. In the home. Mm. How do you think that um, this idea of uh, engaging the public in these uh, uh, factional issues or these issues of that show the polarization within the ANC, how do you think that should actually be uh, engaged when, when it comes to be in a public space? You see, with the public interest, you know, the public has been given uh, time to vote every five years. Is that all that we get No, to that's do? all that we got. And if mm. the president has done something which is unbecoming, yeah, mm. impeach him. Okay. Yeah, take him to the courts of law. But if not, tough luck, live with him. You chose him. After five years, get another person in. Yeah, fortunately or unfortunately for David, uh, for, sorry, for, Je- for President Jacob Zuma, this is his last term, you know, mm. he's not going to be standing in the next election. But that's why we say that the public should actually, when they come and vote, they should actually sort of use their head and use their votes. Um, they should use their vote very, very well, you know. They should mm. not sort of take somebody in and along the line you do not want him. Mm. You're going to have a situation like Ukraine mm. where a democratically voted president is being removed by mass action in the street. Mm. That is giving room for anarchy to take place. Mm. But so then we we've already seen those uh, uh, protests that took place early in the year. We saw a little bit of that happening. Yeah, yeah it's wrong. Mm. What I'm saying that is wrong. Mm. You cannot have mass action to remove a democratically voted uh, president. Okay, they've not, that has not Isn't happened. that part of a democratic, uh, it's a democratic process, you as can some people so, have argued? You can demonstrate, but you cannot remove a person from a demonstration. I'm talking about the Ukraine. Ukraine, they removed uh, uh, an elected president, yeah, through the mass action to make the country uh, ungovernable. That is undemocratic. The guy had about three months to go, wait for the next election, then vote him out, mm. yeah. It does not happen yet, but you've got the right to demonstrate. Mm. But now we are using a loophole saying that, okay, we don't have, let the, let's do it in parliament. Mm. Well, in parliament, the ANC, uh, uh, parliamentary ANC party, mm. yeah, they're, they're, they've been put there by the party. Mm. Basically, they should take that argument to the ANC caucuses mm. within the ANC mm. and they should decide it there. Mm. You know, let's not try to push things, mm. you know. Mm. I don't support the NC, but I think I'm just looking at the due process and mm. how it's supposed to take place. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Homu, for giving us your time. Uh, that's Mr. Isaac Homu, senior journalist here at Channel Africa, also commentator on African issues and also South African politics. Thank you as well to our other guests. We lost them, but I think we had uh, a real, real chunk of their views on this particular issue. Uh, that was uh, Levin Doe, who's a lecturer in political science at the Twani University of Technology. Thank you as well to Dr. Tabi Suhwani, who is the head of department in political science at the University of South Africa. Yes, that takes us to 11.45 Central African time. Remember, you can still uh, give us your thoughts. Join our Channel Africa family on our social media at Channel Africa or at African Dialogue. That's at Channel Africa 1 or at African Dialogue. want to hear from you. Don't forget our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is simply titled Channel Africa. 